0: Welcome to Toleracea in part two of the Inglorian Ambassador's Trilogy, Rise of the Mormagee. All right, welcome, friends, to episode 86 of the Inglorian and Bastards campaign. Uh, with me tonight, I have my friend Josh, who played Riken. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, how's it the going? <laughs> there you are. Okay, Good. still here. Are you taking a drink like of your uh, LaCroix?
1: Like, saying, I actually was. I didn't know I, didn't know I didn't <laughs> like, ready so quick. I was
0: like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, thank you for having me back, man. <laughs> sure, sure. So we, uh, you played, um, and, and I just talked with Spriggs about this, who played Byrne. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he said, you know, your character has evolved over the course of these two arcs, uh, part one and part two of the campaign, uh, more than probably any other character. And so, I, I'm happy to, to chat with you about Ryken tonight and just kind of the changes he's gone through. And um, and so, I, I guess we'll just start like right kind of back, uh, maybe like 30 episodes ago, to to where you know you dove through the portal um, in order to yeah. close the portal at the Gray Havens. You um, you, you you dove through with the uh, uh, I think you had the signet ring and the shield, um, the which, shield yeah. and you dove in there and then little did anyone know, but there was part of the shadow was trapped in there with you for 60 years. The so 60 years was kind of like the, the, the amount of time when I was figuring out, okay, when, when do these things happen? When do these great, uh, big events happen in the campaign? And I, I tried to make them coincide with things like, um, the defeat of Sauron and the, the death yeah. of, 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 the, the LSR, um, you know, Aragorn. Um, and so 60 years is kind of like the magic time, um, uh, for for all of the trips that you used across the straight road. And and so this first one was you in the portal and the other characters in in a boat. Right. Yeah. And, and so here you are trapped in this in this the portal, um, and it dumps you out in Avalone um, after after being stuck in there with the shadow creatures. So you wanna you wanna just refresh everybody's memory about sort of uh, the changes that Riken went uh, during that time.
1: Yeah, um, I guess I guess firstly, and this is some, this is actually a question for you too. Like, as that, you know, as a master of lore who created this stuff, I I always felt personally, and I think that maybe Riken felt this way too that. He wasn't sure, I guess he came to this Conclusion after this point, but I want to I make this Point out before, I, before I describe where he Was at at this point. I don't think he was ever Quite sure that what he did was necessary um, and, 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 and I'll make, uh, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why that was important to him um, But, but you, you, can, you maybe can Clarify that too. Do you think that what he did Was actually necessary? Do you think the sacrifice That he thought he was making was essential Or did he do something he thought was Essential in jumping in the portal that maybe necess- Wasn't necessarily
0: yeah, so um, so I wasn't sure if you were talking about actually doing the ritual, but you're talking about diving through the portal. right?
1: No, yeah, doing the ritual was a mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, and as I've I've talked to, with other players about, like, you know, it, it it was kind of written in this prophecy, like the the second prophecy of Mando's. Like, it yeah. it doesn't say it doesn't say going to do the ritual, but you know. These events bro- are bringing about the Dagger dagareth, Um yep. which is prophesized, even though Tolkien kind of moved away from that concept. Like, he he came up with this idea for the Dagger daggereth and then, um, you know, the explicit things that he had written down, he moved away from. Though, uh, I would argue there are parts of the Imelindele and the Silmarillion that hint at this final battle um um but but i digress um no that's okay i think that's a good point
1: though like before before we get back on topic here that's one of the things i love about tolkien because it's like maybe he he moved away from that right but it was it was sort of left there for this deeper lore right yeah yeah for this because like we watched all these stories happen we watched the movies we read the books and it's like the things that did happen and they were part of their own prophecy, but there there might even be this like bigger series of events happening, and that that's kind of where your your campaign comes in, where these these sort of like nobodies are involved in a, a an, an equally large secret sequence of events, which is really cool. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and, <laughs> and, and the other thing to say about Tolkien and the, and uh, and you know other people speak sort of more eloquently about this. Uh, Corey Olson, Mike Drought, the people that I've interviewed in the past, yeah. they they would argue that Tolkien never really. Um, goes away from one of his original ideas. Like they, no, they, yeah. they, they evolve and and they make sh- they might show up like twenty years later. And you know who's to say if Tolkien lived another twenty years, if he wouldn't have flushed out this dagger Dagorath theory, right? Or, 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 yeah, or, or prophecy. So and so I just wanted to say that. But to answer your question, um, so so the reason you dived through this portal, if I remember correctly, is because um, Chief Captain Adamir had Irma by the throat dangling off of this, sh- this ship, right? And, yes. and Irime is someone, uh, it was a Noldoran elf who um, was related to Finway and, and actually kind of saved y- your ass uh, in, in, in your origin session and, and you, so you had become kind of fond of her and you yeah. guys were all very devastated when, she, when he slit her throat, right? Um, yeah. But before he, he did that, the last thing she told you was the ritualist needed to um, essentially uh go through the portal i think is what you said something
1: something like that yeah yeah Yeah.
0: um and and that ritualist was you you did the ritual (laughs) um and so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean i i was um at at this point in the campaign i we're back sort of talking again about part the end of part one i I did know at that point, and, and was planning already um, through part two and part three of the campaign, and so I was trying to draw somebody into the portal so that the, okay. the story would continue, like from a storyteller's yeah. point of view. Um, yeah. And that's why I threw that point in there. And plus, I thought it made sense story-wise for the ritualist. Oh, the ritualist opened the portal. The ritualist has to close the portal. Um,
1: yeah. It, so, like, so let me let me let me bring that. Sorry to interrupt you. Let me bring that back to answering your first question, which is that the reason I bring that up. Is because both I and and I felt like Reichen in the story felt um, when he arrives here uh, um, after spending 60, 60 something years with in torture essentially sixty years in torture he f- I think he felt a little embittered uh, if that makes any sense like he had done a thing and suffered greatly and and um, this sequence of events. Progressed despite his suffering. I guess you know if that makes any sense. Like he he landed in this situation where things had happened and were going to continue to happen despite what he felt like was a pretty terrible situation he had gone through. Like like he he felt like that pain and that suffering at that point might have been almost pointless. You
0: know. Yeah, it's certainly one way to look at it, Um, but you know, um, from a, you know, the world at this point was broken. We were, we were still at the, you know, kind of near the end of the third age. And of course, um, you know, uh, after the, the Numenorians pissed off the the gods or, or the god, um, yeah. you know the world sort of broke and and you had this separation between Amon in Arisea and and you know Middle Earth proper and, yeah. and and so one way to think about this is that yes you brought the shadow with you you awake you woke in the shadow the shadow sort of came with you through the portal and so yeah it kind of spread to the land of the gods but at the same time you also kind of purged it from Middle earth proper so oh, that's an interesting
1: way to look at it I didn't really think about
0: that yeah so you didn't kill it but a, but as we learn here um, and as you guys your characters have learned already in this campaign uh, this part too is that you can't really kill an Ionor you can't kill yeah. you can't kill a Maiar um, and 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 so you're going to have to sort of come up with a way to get, yeah, the, right. get, yeah, get the shadow <laughs> out of turn and without without you know trying to kill him and getting everyone else killed
1: yeah, no that's a good point. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way because I think that like and maybe even Ryken hadn't thought of it that way which is which is uh like post story character development for him. like yeah. you know in his old you know he's he's off thinking about why and how and all that stuff but like I, I like at that moment, to continue answering your question, like I think at that moment he was a little embittered because this thing had come with him. Maybe he didn't have the perspective to realize. Because I think the interesting thing to me about Riken is that he's just like a, all the characters in the story are like this to some extent. But I think Riken is like the extreme example of this, where he's just a dude, right? Right. He didn't have any business doing any of this stuff, seemingly, and and he played a big role in in maybe making it happen, and maybe felt a little bit a little bit guilty about that, or felt like it, he was pulled into. That and then also in pulling this thing yes away from Middle Earth but also it still being there you know and and it and it hurt him deeply at this point so like when he comes out of this other end he's he's gone from being just a dude that lived in the mountains in the woods and patrolled with his people to to being embroiled in this thing and now deeply hurt by this thing to the point where he's like changed like we changed his character class in the in the downtime between these two sessions like changed his character class. So that now he's essentially like, I don't remember what it's, what it was called, but it was basically like a barbarian. Right. I and mean, he's, Oh, oh he's,
0: so was he, he was still a slayer. He was a slayer, right? He was a slayer. Character. Was, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because
1: yeah. He wasn't slayer originally. Right. Um, he was a he came warden. At, yeah. He was a warden, which, which is a class that's designed to protect people, to help the class to be selfless. And he comes out this other side of this thing as someone who's angry and maybe maybe stronger will because he that's i think that's reflected in the slayer right the slayer is just like unstoppable will yeah um but he's angry and hurt and and turns into this like you know i think a character class change was like a great way to reflect okay now he's not the person who says a word of confidence to inspire his allies he's the person who is just going to rush into battle because he's mad
0: (laughs) and you you played that really really well i think you you um you, you, you in any given situation i could count on you to both rp and just act in accordance to what Riken would do i mean I, we, and it started from the very beginning of part two like you, in your origin session we didn't air this but in your origin session you um you actually like uh you're holding your sword as you were beating someone to death with your hands. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's mad. uh, Yeah. I remember (laughs) like thinking, huh, right. a changed dude? (laughs) Yeah. I remember that now. (laughs) Yeah. And granted, these people were trying to kill you. It's not like Riken was evil. It's just that he, you know, he, he was raging.
1: Yeah. But I think that that's like a, to me, I I always love that. Like, this is i mean i love star wars for the same reason. like i love that battle of like good and evil but i always love that that line in the middle where 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 there's somebody who doesn't intend to be standing on the fence but they are right and it's like reichen i think was a great example of that where he was like he was way off to the one side you know he was a he was a a noble person but then all these events sort of push him to he's like standing right on the fence Between that that bad side and that good side You know, he's never a bad person But he's, he finds himself doing more and more violent things He finds himself being more and more angry And embittered about things And and maybe even lost like finding he's still finding himself in this huge secrets of events and just going like what the hell am I doing here <laughs> you know instead of being like on a noble quest now he's just mad he's here There's nothing you can do about it you know
0: <laughs> well so let, let's take you up to to sort of the next part um uh, yeah and we and, and right away sort of at the very beginning of part one um after everybody's sort of behind the scenes origin sessions that led us after four to six months I forget how, how long we took it off everybody's in prison in prison and <laughs> and, and you realize now your friends have come to get you now yes. now what is he feeling i think that's
1: I feel like that's like a shifting point from that darkness, right? This is like I'm talking about standing on the fence, right? Yeah. I feel like this might be one of the reasons why he never crossed that line, never, why he continued. Like he, it's like hope, right? It's hope that he didn't have it, over sixty something years, and then landing here and finding that he was alone because he was alone for not very long, but for some period of time before they showed up, right? Um, it, was. I don't know.
0: it was a couple. It was a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, a couple weeks. So he's like in this foreign land alone, and then to find them there, and to find that. I I do think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think that he would have felt like in that in that situation realized that they came there in part to find him, like that like that would have been it maybe I don't know, I don't know how he would feel about like that confused, I guess. Yeah. The old wreck, the old Reichen would have just would have. The old Reichen might even have, have expected people to do that for him. I don't know, like cuz cuz his people would be that honorable, but to find that all these people that were just strangers to him only, you know, how long was the initial campaign? Like not even a year. A year. And then he goes off and he's 60 something years lost. And then they come to find him. That's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a glimmer of hope in that darkness that he felt.
0: So, um, so, so here you are, you, you guys escape Avalone, you, you know, travel through the land of Elms, you meet, you know, Lindo and Barry at the cottage of lost play. And, and, yeah. and you know, that you go to the house of hundred chimneys and, and Taco bell and, 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 um, Taco bell. <laughs> Taco bell. Yeah. That was, that was the running joke. Um, uh, yeah. Hey, listen, I didn't name these places. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: there I, was no Taco Bell when and,
0: and, Tolkien and, and named them either. And you know what? I, I bowed down to, to Mr. Tolkien, so well, I, I, can't, I can't Bell, even yeah. say anything about it. So, uh, and no, so absolutely not. And so, so you meet Irime, who has been released from the halls of Mondos, um, mm-hmm. and uh, in order for her to bring a gift to you from the Spear Elves, uh, from the mm-hmm. Banyar Elves. Yeah, this she, is where Viking gets his spear, right? The, yeah, the, the, in, yeah, in a, in a yore, uh, first yeah. blood.
1: Yeah, I, oh, man, you know what? As a as a as a player, I had I totally remember the sequence of events, but I had forgotten. How cool that was, you know. And now I'm trying to like look up my character sheet so I can see what the description was <laughs> that you gave me. <laughs>
0: well, why you're looking it up? Um, I'll talk to you So I got a chance to interview um, someone named Paul Strack, who who, who is a, um, who's a Quenya expert, um, okay. and, and he um, he translated some of. I asked him to look at some of the words that that I had used in Quenya, and Enayor was one of them. It was supposed to mean first blood, and um, he he, very politely told me that I that I botched that one pretty good. Oh yeah, uh, what, and so did it, did, you ha- did it have a meaning? With- <laughs> uh, well, I, you know. Uh, And and Fiona explained this to me. I I interviewed one of her friends, one of his friends, Fiona Jollings, who's the Cinderan expert. um, And and she explained, um, you know, the way people sort of get started, um, you know, into these conlangs, these made up languages is they they have a tendency to just like grab a hold of something without really looking to see if it was uh, whether the word is like an adjective or like a noun. And and then you put them together and, and you try to create something that sounds nice but and that's and that's essentially what I did right I I, you know I I still like I stand by like you know, Gwarthaur and Tarminoth and, uh, you know, uh, Inayor, like, uh, Nos Glanador, you guys were the yeah. fellowship of, like, like those all sound, the Battle of Rulimdall, like, like those they sound, sound right. they sound really good. Um, yeah. However, they, most of them are not very good. Um, so, so, essentially what I would do would be, I'd be putting, like, two adjectives together or, like, you know, gotcha. a part of a word that should not, you know, be in that part of the phrase um
1: yeah i know i know exactly what you mean too it's this it's the same mistake that people make when they're learning language. like what if you take an english speaker and they go to someone who speaks japanese and go and, and go what is my name in japanese well it's like well your name doesn't exist in japanese <laughs> like i can pick words that sound like your name and they're going to mean something completely different and it will sound like your name in japanese but your name doesn't you know josh is not a thing in
0: japanese right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well so, so pa, pa uh suggested that we call in a, your uh, minya serke. Okay. Did nah. you rename it in the campaign? Here, did I, do? I did not. No. Okay. M- Mina um, is is accurate, but is doesn't sound as good as any to me. I, maybe it definitely does not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me see here. So I have a few more questions for you. Um, yeah, no problem. So we, uh, I guess, I'll ask you the same thing that I I tend to ask everybody, and that's, um, and and I'll just leave it free form. Do you have a favorite um, NPC or a favorite scene from part two, Rise of the Mormon Gil?
1: One of the ones that I could remember off the top of my head is, is, and I think this was in part two, we were, we were like on a bridge and some monster came (laughs) out of the water next to it. (laughs) And and it wasn't just Riken, it was like a couple people ended up on top of it, like just jumped off and just like, I'm going to stand on this thing and start Uh, was
0: that was that so yeah so you're getting um uh, it's really funny that you bring it like this getting up.
1: two different things messed
0: up yeah because oh, well, yeah, in the naval battle that's right okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so so we had two naval battles but what's funny yeah. about this is uh and sprigs actually brought this up he was right he was referencing a tentacle monster, and I got it confused with a different tentacle monster. And then I, I had to, like, l- look inside and, and realize, like, maybe there's something wrong with me that I had so many tentacle monsters <laughs> in this thing. <laughs> and, and, well, there was. There was a few, right? There was a few, right? We had, we had more Uloon, right? The yeah. creature in the well had, like, tentacle things. We, um gosh, you had the Watcher at Tharbad had, like, tentacle things. um, This was in part one. And then, um, here in part two, you had the thing, like, near the bridge, like, it was like a worm thing. Uh, which is, you could argue, is just one big tentacle. And then, and then, and then you guys were, the first um, naval battle, there was, like, the giant something or other with tentacles oh, with yeah, 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 yeah 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 and which
1: one of those was the one that Riken ended up with Where, are you not there yet
0: oh no no we, we've oh, passed okay. that so that so we um that was on the way to the tower of pearl uh okay. and, and this was like right when ferret like maybe gonna turn into a werewolf sometime soon yeah and, yes. and yeah you and Byrne were like going out you were looking over the side and then here comes here comes Riken, just runs and jumps on this <laughs> thing's eye
1: i don't know like i love that you there was a, there were so many moments like as we're talking about this I'm just remembering more and more things that happened. There were so many moments in this campaign because it was so it was so big and there's so many different like sort of levels to this adventure that we went on. Um, all the stuff about the College of Lost Play was cool just because it connects to parts of the lore that I, that I think are awesome. Little moments like that in combat, like I, I personally, the stuff that always sticks with me the most in any D and D campaign are some of those moments like that where a player does something creative like that, right? And I think there was a few of them in this game, not just from Riken, but like from all the player, all the players, where it's like, okay, well, you know, how are we going to solve this problem? We're going to use the thing we have in a really crazy way, or we're gonna, we're gonna make some sort of sacrifice, or we're just gonna do something that's that's illogical, you know, like. <laughs> Just gonna jump
0: on it and see what happens well i, I really appreciated um I, so so that's the kind of player i am when i play DD uh, yeah and and as a dm that's one of the things that i was always afraid that i was being too that i was putting up too many walls right because we, yeah. we we had the wall that we had to live with which was our time constraint right we yeah you know we were yeah. playing we were playing three ten week you know sessions right and yeah i tried
1: to cap those sessions at only just a few hours anyway or an hour or whatever it was
0: yeah and then i kind of had to move you guys to the next thing so i was always i was always capped and and sort of walled by time i was always walled by like getting you guys to the next part of the story even though we had those time constraints right and and so so i i I was always afraid and in hindsight I, i still think like that people didn't feel as comfortable as you felt obviously just doing something like that because that those are the things that you remember as a player right yeah yeah
1: absolutely and it's hard i think that the i don't want to say that you were walled in a little bit by the lore too but but um but i think in the end you kind of are like it, the, the setting is is about heroes right and so people are kind of thinking in that hero mindset, whereas, whereas like, traditional D&D, they almost tells you that you should be a crazy person a lot of times, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, if you if you pick a, a, even a neutral character, people start thinking, okay, what am I going to do that's crazy? But, like, in this Lord of the Rings setup, everyone is really supposed to be a hero, and they're supposed to be acting heroic. So I think they put this thing in their head sometimes that, that limits themselves from doing what might be crazy or what might be dark or what might be, you know, misconstrued as evil too, you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
0: It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: which but, is okay, which is okay, because I think in the long run it, it's, it's totally okay for the universe and for the story and all that kind of stuff to, 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 to be like that. But. Can't
0: help myself. I always want to do something stupid. Well, I, as, um, well, what, you know, one, one of the places that I, as a DM, need to, uh, I th- I think, like I'm always look, you know, trying to evaluate what I need to do better, and and I and I think is, um, you know, it's creating an environment where my players feel comfortable doing what you feel comfortable doing, right? Um and sort of trying to
1: ask him to do things that are sort of on the on the boundaries of the rules or outside the rules or outside the norm.
0: Just being creative. I think you said yeah. it best. Just being creative. You know? Not not, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna pick this spell in my spell book. Uh, you know, it's it's more of like using the environment, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Um and, and just because because you know as 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 verbose and as effusive with description as any DM could get, you still aren't totally describing the world and it's and it's up it's up to players to to sort of fill in that other stuff um with their imagination i i think
1: yeah i i think you're right i mean i think that players can be a huge players can be a really critical part of storytelling in dungeons and dragons they might even be the most critical part because it's like you said it's up to them to ask for the things that the dm didn't describe right you know do i see this do i see that can i do this you know is there anything i can drop on this guy is there any way i can yeah. trip this guy is there any way i could make this guy fall or you know slip off of something you know all those things are up to the players to ask and it's hard to get players
0: to do that the moral of this story would be that you know if your players ask you to do something like that as a DM, you should feel obligated to say yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, as much as you can. You yeah. know, don't let them don't let them hurt themselves. I mean, let them hurt themselves. Yeah, but don't don't let them hurt their enjoyment of the game by doing it. But yeah, saying yes as much as you can is definitely true. Yeah, definitely good good direction.
0: <laughs> so that that'll be the name of this episode. Say yes. <laughs> Riken says, say yes.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Can I interview you real quick? Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. What
1: is your favorite moment? Uh, oh wow. In, maybe in general, or even for Riken in this oh. in this section of the campaign. <laughs> okay, you, you can pick a general one if you want, but you can also pick a Riken one if you feel like
0: it. <laughs> well, uh, um, so I'll give you I'll give you one in game and one sort of like um, uh, meta uh, mo- uh, podcast moment. Um, okay. So so, so my. Th- I th- I think my favorite episodes are the ones where I can tell the players are having fun. Sure. Uh, and, and I don't know if you were at this one. I think you were. Um, do, do you remember the, um, the Fords of Eisen episode um, and the, the white uh, handprint episode of, of the Urukai and the Saruman? Uh, it was, I don't, I don't remember. I, think, I don't think so. I think maybe, yeah. Cause MJ, I think was filling in for you that night. Okay. It is, uh, arguably, I, I, I laughed so hard. Christian, my brother, um, who played uh, Anglin in the first part yeah. of the campaign, was yep. it was just a really funny guy, and uh, he he had, he had some great one liners. Um, and, so, and his
1: character was hilarious too. Yeah. Like, it, it was, he's a funny guy, and his, his character was hilarious.
0: Um, <laughs> and and I, I just you know, uh, they, one of, I think uh, Max created a, a meme uh, about the Urukai and Saruman standing next to him, where the white handprint was, and like, oh yeah, this, <laughs> yes. was, no, I do remember that yeah. it was hysterical <laughs> um and so so that was probably one of my favorite in-game moments um okay and, and i probably should be par- talking about part two because that's that's what we're talking about but I, I think overall like generally that was my favorite episode um and and i will say that um uh, in, in like terms of podcasting and sort of producing this after the fact, I think one of my favorite things that I didn't even know that I really enjoyed was interviewing people. Really? Uh, and yeah, and and you know I'm I'm not only interviewing um, the the players, but but I've you know I have people like you know. Corey Olson and Michael Drout and Fiona Jollings and Paul Strack and you know Christopher Pearson from from Lord of the Rings Online. I have you know um, I, just so many and, and we have so many great people coming up. Uh, David Day, the uh, Tolkien author, has, has agreed to come on the podcast. Um, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but we have some other people that I'm really excited about. Um, and I I didn't even know that I enjoyed that sort of thing. Um, you know, That's but, awesome. but, it, but yeah. it's it's super cool. Because, like, I, I I definitely do my research. I, I buy books. I read books. I listen to, you know, lectures online. And, and, um, and, and so I, I'm definitely, like, immersing myself still in this world um, and, 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 and f- actually far more knowledgeable now than I was when I did the campaign. Um um, it's just, it's just an an incredible experience to to tend to interact with these people, um, who are much smarter than me and, and, and know so much more about the world. And I, you know, I I get to essentially, um, you know, let these people be passionate about the things that they, that really mean something to them. And, And it's just a, it's been an incredible experience. That's kind of crazy to think that, uh but not crazy but it's it's cool
1: to think that this campaign that you did that you put so much work into and that was like a long time ago now yeah. you know uh is, still has like this life of its own you know because because of these interviews and things that you're doing and you're and like you said you're still sort of living in this whole thing that's cool and it's cool to see that it's branched out and you know all the rest of us have gone off and gone about our lives and 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 this thing is still like enveloping you you're interviewing all these people and learning things that you never knew before and Having people tell you that your names suck, which is which is cool, right? No, it it's is kind of cool for someone, to, you know, to, to to tell to tell you like, you know, this is the way it really is because you'll you'll know next time it'll be even better. Which well, is crazy because the lore of this story was awesome to begin with.
0: I, well, I've kept you for over thirty minutes now. Uh, <laughs> I, fine, I, I love uh, it. Well, I we're going to talk to you again really soon. Um, so, okay. so for the listener, it'll be. Uh, i I would guess it would be in about 10 to 15 episodes um for the full cast reunion um at at the end of part two um but oh awesome but we're looking forward to um to seeing you again here soon
1: cool man thank you for having me as always man i I want to play another one of your campaigns one of these days all right we'll get you back in (laughs) Oh awesome (laughs) all right take it easy
0: though this marks the end of the episode the road goes ever on Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.